Coming to you from Annapolis, Maryland, home of the U.S. Naval Academy, the sailing capital of the world, home of the world's largest crab feast, and four signers of the Declaration of Independence. This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, a daily roundup of local news that you can use, including local sports, local events, local opinion, and local weather from DMV Weather. Now here's your host, publisher of Eye on Annapolis, John Frenet. Good morning. It's Monday, August 13th. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. The University of Maryland has placed football coach DJ Durkin on indefinite leave while the school investigates a bullying allegation. Now, this comes on the heels of an article published by ESPN last week that talked about players' complaints of Durkin and Rick Court, the person in charge of the team's strength and conditioning staff, who apparently have cultivated a culture of toxicity on and off the field. I do encourage you to read that article. Just Google it. It is a real tough read. This does come on the heels of a a death investigation of offensive lineman Jordan McNair, who died weeks after an off-season workout in June. Heat stroke was determined to be the cause of the death, but some of this bullying and some of this culture of toxicity has apparently played a role in that as well. Gubernatorial candidate Ben Jealous released a statement on Twitter saying the athletics director and the head coach are ultimately responsible for ensuring the safety of our student athletes. The University of Maryland should immediately suspend Damon Evans and DJ Durkin until the investigation is complete. Obviously, that was sent prior to Durkin being placed on leave. Similarly, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan said, In light of deeply troubling reports about the University of Maryland football programs, training practices, and general culture, I support the university's decision to suspend Coach D.J. Durkin and expect that the investigation into the program will be wide-ranging and thorough. We must have complete confidence that our student-athletes are treated with dignity and respect and that they are supervised and coached responsibly. If the investigation confirms these reports, then strong and permanent corrective action should be taken immediately. Now, this is likely to be a very deep investigation with some long-term ramifications. Talia Richmond, a reporter for the Baltimore Sun, uncovered an article in the Diamondback from 2017 where University of Maryland President Wallace Lowe said, and I'll quote this, As president, I sit over a number of dormant volcanoes. One of them is an athletic scandal. It blows up. It blows up the university, its reputation. It blows up the president. Based on that, I would say that the ESPN expose is probably a little bit more accurate than inaccurate. Shifting over to Maryland politics, Majority Leader Kathleen Dumay of Montgomery County is drafting legislation that would ban the possession of any 3D printed guns or, quote, ghost guns, which are firearms that don't have any serial numbers. She plans to introduce this at the start of the next legislative session, and the specifics of the ban and punishment aren't known at this time because she is still working on the bill. She did say that legislating the internet can't be done, so Maryland will ban possession of the guns so police can confiscate them upon discovery. House Speaker Michael Bush said he supports the effort. He said, it just makes no sense whatsoever to have these kinds of weapons readily available. He reemphasized that Dumay's legislation would have full support from his office. Governor Larry Hogan also opposes the 3D printed guns, and in a statement sent out on Friday, the governor believes that allowing people to use 3D printing technology to manufacture untraceable guns in their homes poses serious safety and national security risks. So look for that to make its way through the legislature when they come back in January. 
A pool of mosquitoes in Linthicum Heights in Anne Arundel County has tested positive for West Nile virus, according to the Maryland Department of Agriculture. It's not the only pool of mosquitoes. There are several others in Prince George's County, and they've also tested positive for West Nile this year. Symptoms of West Nile include fever, headache, skin rash, and swollen lymph glands, and can take two days to two weeks to appear. Brian Pendergast, a program manager for mosquito control at the Maryland Department of Agriculture, said that people should wear long, loose-fitting clothing and use repellents to minimize their risks. And he also suggested that residents dump any containers on their property that contain rainwater to guard against the breeding grounds for the Asian tiger mosquitoes, which are the largest risk. He said that the mosquito problem this summer is about two to three times larger than usual due to all of the rain. If you want to save a few bucks, it is Maryland Tax-Free Week. It started yesterday, and here's what you need to know. Tax-Free Week does go through midnight on Saturday, August 18th, and it applies to qualifying clothing, footwear, as well as the first $40 of a backpack. Now, this obviously is designed to help people as they get ready for back to school. Individual items must be $100 or less, regardless of how many are purchased. Accessory items are not included, like belts and necklaces and stuff like that, with the exception of the first $40 of backpacks. You can also shop tax-free online. The catch is that it needs to be purchased and delivered during the tax-free week. Additionally, if you're looking to earn a $2,500 or a $1,000 scholarship, the Maryland Retailers Association partnered up with Comptroller Peter Francho to hold a social media contest during the week. All you need to do is follow the Maryland Tax-Free Week pages on social media and then take a photo or a video that incorporates the theme Maryland while shopping. Write a fun caption and submit it on social media using the hashtag ShopMDTaxFree. And if you're looking to keep up with the Joneses, and actually this sort of ties in with a bit of an opinion I have a little bit later this morning, the Baltimore Business Journal released a list of the top 50 wealthiest zip codes in the greater Baltimore area. The lion's share of the top came in Howard County, but the wealthiest zip code in Anne Arundel County was 21035. Congratulations, Davidsonville, with a median household income of 141533 Severna Park came in at number 15. Crownsville at number 19, Reba at 20, Millersville at 24, Crofton at 27, Arnold at 30, Gambrels at 32. The first Annapolis zip code was 21409 at number 37 with a median household income of $107,091. Edgewater was number 40, Annapolis 21401 was number 42, and Annapolis 21403 was number 44, with a median household income of $87,076. That is about it for the top news today. Please make sure you stick around. I do have an opinion piece at the end of this that is likely to earn cheers from some people and jeers from others. So you'll just have to wait and see what that's all about. But of course, we have George Young coming up with your local DMV weather forecast. And he'll be here right after this brief message from Kegs and Corks. And once again, a quick reminder, use the code EOA to save $10 on all of your general admission tickets to Kegs and Corks, which is coming up this Saturday. Don't miss the best event of the summer. Come out Saturday, August 18th for the Kegs and Corks Festival at the Anne Arundel County Fairgrounds. Get tickets now at kegsandcorksfest.com to begin the party at noon instead of one with early access tickets. Tickets benefit the Special Olympics of Maryland and include a souvenir glass, unlimited wine and beer samples, plus live music all day, including headliner Kristen and the noise. Enjoy over 80 Maryland wines, 40 craft beers, incredible food, and more. Go now to kegsandcorksfest.com. 
This is Maryland. The weather can be nearly unpredictable. We've got George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis to sort it all out. Hey everyone, this is George with DMV Weather and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Monday, August 13th. More rain in the forecast for much of the week ahead with PM showers and storms possible today and tomorrow with highs in the mid-80s before a couple of dry days in the middle of the week Wednesday and Thursday as temps climb into the upper 80s or even low 90s. And then more frontal boundaries return to the skies above, likely bringing more rain chances back to the Annapolis area for Friday right through the weekend. So stay tuned throughout the week for updates on that and stay dry in the interim as the rainy beat goes on. Okay, that's it for today. Make it a great day and be sure to follow DMV Weather anywhere all the time at dmvweather.com or on social media via Twitter or Facebook or especially on our free app that you can download from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store on all of your devices by searching for DCMDVA Weather so you can always stay weather informed. But remember, whatever the weather outside, have fun and be safe. September 29th, the inaugural Twist and Stout Festival at Quiet Waters Park along the shores of the South River. Twist and Stout, a Maryland wine, craft, beer, music, food, and arts festival. Presented by the Anne Arundel County Department of Recreation and Parks along with the Maryland Wineries Association. Sample dozens of craft beers and Maryland wines. Dance the afternoon away to the sounds of Saved by Zero and the Groove Spot Band. Watch the plein air painters and shop dozens of artisans, crafters, and food trucks. Tickets are on sale now at twistandstout.org. T-W-I-S-T-A-N-D-S-T-O-U-T dot org. September 29th, Twist and Stout at Quiet Waters Park, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tickets at twistandstout.org. They say opinions are like, here we are with a dose of opinion for you. I want to take a minute to talk about A Tale of Two Cities and not the Dickens novel. For years, there's been talk of The Tale of Two Cities right here in Annapolis. Many years ago, Josh Stewart, a former journalist for the Capitol, did an outstanding series on the two cities that we have during the time that he was here. That was many years ago, and despite administration after administration promising to unite Annapolis, very little has been done. As heartbreaking as it is, there are still two very distinct cities here within this 8.1 square mile city of 39,000 residents. There are the haves and the have-nots. Just to highlight that, you need to look at some recent news. On August 1st, Annie Linsky, on loan to the Capitol, had a piece about the Yacht Club rebuilding. The club's Commodore touted the $40 million upgrade to the club of 1,600 members. Do that math. That's $25,000 per person for an upgrade. He was enthusiastic that the club ranks among the most elite yacht clubs in the world. He lauded the rebuilding and how it is designed to allow people walking across the Spa Creek Bridge the ability to look inside. But if you're not one of those 1,600 members... They're just like the crown jewels in London. You can look all you want, but you certainly can't touch. The Commodore allowed it even more space that's not available to most people. A three-floor sailing center with a, quote, massive room for post-regatta parties and a separate, quote, activity center with a gym, pool, snack bar, and secondary restaurant. He said, we want it to feel like a second home. I'm not sure about you, but I don't have a second home and... If I did, I'm not sure that my second home would have massive rooms, activity centers, gyms, snack bars, multiple pools, etc. Now, Mayor Buckley, he's the guy that campaigned on the One Annapolis platform. He even stressed how important the Yacht Club is to Annapolis. Of course, he's one of the 1,600 members, and it's, it's a perk of the office. 
I was very critical of the Yacht Club after the fire when the city all but broke their back bending over to accommodate those 1,600 members. You ought to read it. It's still one of the most popular columns I've ever written on Ion Annapolis. I'll leave a link for it in the show notes. Fast forward to August 9th, and in a column in the Capitol by Iris Krasnow, she talks about the horrors of returning to normal life after a vacation. Now, I imagine we can all relate to that, whether it's a vacation or just some time away from the routine. Heck, it happens to me every Monday, it seems. But here's the difference. Iris was lamenting having to return from, get this, a seven-week vacation. Who the hell takes a seven-week vacation? One of her tips for reacclimating was to wear your bathing suit while cooking, To make it feel like you, get this, you are on your beach house balcony. Other tips are to, get this, buy a tiki bar and invite your friends over for a daiquiri party. Okay, I consider myself solidly middle class, but the pictures painted by the Commodore, the Yacht Club, and Iris really don't apply to, dare I say it, the majority of us. Meanwhile, real problems exist outside of the bubble of the Annapolis Yacht Club. A security guard was shot by a 15-year-old in front of the Safeway. And for those 1,600 members, that's a supermarket down on Forest Drive. Residents of the Newtown 20 and Woodside Gardens complexes were without electricity for days during a heat wave. I bet that tiki bar might have helped them. People are dying nearly every other day in the county from opioid overdoses. Thousands of children are going back to school without proper supplies and likely malnourished. Homes are being broken into, people are being robbed and raped. But that's okay. No need to worry about the stress of all that. We can just put on our bathing suits and imagine how glorious it'll be when the private pool at the Annapolis Yacht Club is finished and we'll all be well with our world. Well, at least our half of the world. I don't have the answer on how to move these two worlds a bit closer to each other. But I do think that a small step would be not to be so blatant in pointing out the differences and the expanse of that chasm. And then, maybe then, the two cities of Annapolis might just make a small, very small shift into becoming one Annapolis. And that's what I'm thinking today. Thanks for listening to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief. If you like what you heard, make sure to tell your friends and colleagues about it. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find much more. Be sure to check out our other weekly podcast, The Maryland Crabs. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.